Hey everyone, welcome back to the Musicians Talk Music Podcast. We're your hosts, Liam Fitzgerald and Hayden Aaron. And today we're talking about The Stranger by Billy Joel. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, our first special guest, in fact. We have my roommate, Billy Joel fan, Cole Fortier. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be on this episode. Thank you so much, guys. Welcome to the podcast, so, my friend. Yeah. It's great to be here. Long Island liver, Billy Joel. Long uh, Island liver. <laughs> Long Island <laughs> resident. The liver. <laughs> um, and uh this was um this was definitely a turning point album for him. This is one of those, this is one of the first albums that really got recognized by the mainstream and um it became one of his biggest hits and might even be his most popular album but i mean rightfully so it it's really really good phenomenal album i mean i mean just like looking at the uh look at the uh the leading single you got moving out and you got just the way you are uh of course the title track the stranger only the good die young she's only a woman i mean these are all songs that people know vienna scenes from an italian restaurant scenes from an italian restaurant and like, I mean, it, it's just an ongoing list. Yeah. Like I didn't really grow up in a very big Billy Joel household, but you know, just before diving into this album, I actually haven't heard a lot of stuff on it, but you know, I knew, I knew moving out. I knew Italian restaurant. I knew Vienna. I knew only the good die young. I knew just the way you are. Like Man, I knew at the album. So <laughs> I, yeah, I think I literally knew every single song, but two of them. I mean, this album could might as well be a greatest hits album. Like it's yeah. Yeah, it's definitely up to that status. And it's just so interesting, this album, just in the span of Billy Joel's career. So the album before this, Turnstiles, is also a fantastic album. But that you can really hear like such a development in sound from Turnstiles to The Stranger. Absolutely. And it's just such it's such a mature sound he's going for. And and it's just it's just a fabulous album. It's so elegant. And I think what really makes this album so unique is just uh he takes from a lot of different styles, a lot of different uh, genres, and you really see Billy Joel in his finest as the craftsman, you know, like, Absolutely. so it's yeah. just, I love it. You know, I, I grew up with the songs, but the, the older I get and the more that I'm furthering along in my musical journey, like I can still find so much appreciation in like a lot of this album. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, this album never made it to a number one, which is really very, very surprising. It made wait, it to number two. Wait, really? Yeah. I never made it to number one. It's what was that number one? What? What was that number one instead? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Just based on the charts here, it only made it to, it made it to number two in the U.S. Damn. And then like number twenty-four in the, in the in England. It's like well, the huh? fans will have to tell us what the number one album was at the time. Well, I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, is that this was a part of a trilogy of his, which were his most popular albums. So I mean, you know, it's it only got better from here. This is the first of them, so. Uh, but yeah, I know Cole, you're entirely right. This is such a mature sound for him too. And, you know, especially to hear where he's coming from, you know, as a pretty big Billy Joel fan, you know, even just listening to Piano Man and just hearing that is, you know, that was two albums before we started writing this. Mm. So, yeah. It's crazy. really, it's really amazing. Also, there was a massive, uh, there was a giant shift in production for this album too, because this was kind of like the pieces of Billy Joel's band were really falling into place and also production wise. So this was the first, I believe, I'm 99% sure, this was the first album of Billy Joel 
to be produced by the amazing producer Phil Ramone. Phil Ramone has right about that. Phil Ramone has gone on to produce so many famous artists throughout his life, but you know he famously produced I think every Billy Joel album from this to the bridge. And um, and it, what's interesting actually is he was originally he originally wanted George Martin to be the producer of the Beatles, but um, George Martin declined. I think he actually had. George Martin was hesitant about the band Billy was using. And after the album came out, he wrote, George Martin wrote a letter to Billy Joel saying, um, I was wrong. This is a fantastic record and you should be proud of yourselves. And, you know, I was wrong about my judgments. So that's pretty amazing. Awesome. When the when the Beatles producer, George Martin, and at that time he was producing America and he was producing a lot of people. It, it, that's just amazing. So, you know, but Phil Ramone was the perfect fit. And, you know, when we talk about the songs more, I can talk more about how Phil really kind of played such an integral role into arranging this album uh, production-wise, because he really had a lot of say in this album. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the songs, we might as well jump into the first one. Yeah, let's jump into it. Moving Out. Yeah. I like Moving Out. I like Moving Out a lot. I have a history of Moving Out. Um, Just uh, this real quick about the sound. This album is so nostalgic for me because uh, I used to do like this little morning care thing in the morning. And the guy who took care of us, he would always, always play The Stranger. And this is one of the, I mean, I, I know all the songs from it, but it was primarily moving out that stuck out to me. Um, so this song is incredibly nostalgic. This song is phenomenal and a great opener to the album, nonetheless. It really is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an awesome chord progression. The walk down is great. I love how it's got like a really, really slow groove. It's funny, though, the first time I ever heard moving out, probably, Actually, probably not. But the first time I like really truly remember listening to Moving Out, like I said, I didn't grow up in a very big Billy Joel household. I was a big fan of Panic at the Disco, and they tended to cover this song at their concerts. I think Brendan Nuri does a great job with it, but that was the first time I'd heard Moving Out, and I knew it was a Billy Joel song. But the way that they do it is they do it really, really fast. And then I went, I listened to that one for a little bit. And then I'm like, I should probably check out the original. And I did. And the first thing I thought was, holy crap, this is really slow. But the great thing about moving out is that it works both slowly and quickly, Mm -hmm. which I I think is really, really cool. See, personally, I think it's perfect the way it is. I, I don't think it could even be one single BPM faster or slower. I think it would ruin it for me. But uh it's it's just such a perfect it's just and you know liberty is so locked in oh um, um it's perfect drums and yeah. it's just oh it's so it's such a great song yeah there's something um, really captivating about this song i mean just kind of um like hayden was talking about the chord progression it really is it's just so perfect and it just flows so well but it really is exciting you know just like the, the constant movement in the song is just oh it's just amazing you know not to mention, you know, the little bit, I mean, if you ask me, it's not really so much about the story. You know, Billy Joel wrote a lot of songs that were very story-driven, or not not a lot, but well, he's, he wrote yeah, quite he's a, a storyteller, you know? Yeah, he wrote quite a few, but this one doesn't, it's not the story that really makes it true to me, but it's it's everything else, you know, uh, the melody, the articulation in his voice, um, and just the way the song yeah, is yak, 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 part. Yeah, dude, the <laughs> Cadillac, yak, 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 yak. <laughs> classic village all, classic village all. Actually, the car isn't even a Cadillac. It's a, it's a Corvette. It's the basis Corvette. That's right. It's, it's actually not even, it's actually neither. It's actually, and the reason why Hayden knows that is we were talking before, so my... Genius lyrics told me. <laughs> well, genius lyrics, I believe... 
it's either genius lyrics are wrong or my father is wrong because my father personally knew the band members of Billy Joel's band at the time. Uh, Doug Stegmaier, who um, was the bass player for Billy Joel's band for many years, was very close with my dad. And according to my dad, whether is it a Corvette or not, I'll have to ask my dad again. But from what I remember, my dad saying that it was actually Doug Stegmaier's motorcycle. That that's the sound. Yeah, that, that would make sense. It sounds it would make a lot way more, more like sense a to the motorcycle than a car. We're not yeah, we're not auto sounds... mechanics here. We're musicians, so the yeah, auto exactly. mechanic is not our gig. But however, we do know what things sound like. <laughs> For the most part. <laughs> For the most part. We struggle a little bit, but yeah, that's a little tidbit. And the other interesting story about the song is it was completely, um, the song kind of went through a couple incarnations. Uh, so at the time, actually, the song originally was, um, the melody was a lot different. The melody, he wrote a different melody for the song at first, and he pitched it to the band. And then Liberty DeVito, who is uh, never short of honesty, he was always, this guy was always honest. He he yells at Billy and he's like, that's Laughter in the Rain by Neil Sedaka. You can't, that's that's not, you know, you can't, you're going to rip that song off. And then he, Billy didn't even notice that, but Billy was like, oh my God, it's it literally ripped that song off. So if it wasn't for that, we would have been hearing a completely different song. Because it also, I we think- We would have been hearing Laughter in the Rain. He would have, I think he also wrote the melody of Laughter in the Rain. He had it in a different key signature too. He had it in C major and then the the song moving out is in D minor. So like he, you know, he he kept the word. It was the same rhythm though and the same lyric. So he wanted to keep the lyric and the lyric was strong enough. So the lyric actually pretty much was first formulated and then that eventually informed, all right, well, I'm going to do this progression. And it's just amazing how easily adaptable that lyric is. Such a wordy lyric to go into and such a specific phrasing. It's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Great song. Where would you guys rank this overall? Um, overall, uh, you know, moving out is my number two. It's really? also my number two. It's my number two as well. Uh, I, I want to say <laughs> it's my number five. It's oh, really? Wow. wow. Okay, that's the thing. I love moving out. I also really, really love the other four above it. I feel like it's, I ran it with this album. I ran into a similar problem that we ran into when we were doing uh, the ELO album a few weeks ELO, ago. Yeah. That I really, really, really like every single song on this album. I think, I think they're all great. It's just like, how do you rank us? How do you rank songs that are all really, really good? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. That's the thing is like every song on this album is like a is like a nine to a ten, just like the ELO record. Um, one one last thing um, is uh, something really great about this album is I've listened to it 20 times, like in the last month or so, and hundreds of times before that. And the cool thing is I'm still picking out things. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, it's, that's that's what's really nice about this song. He, it, like the arrangements are really rich and it's just so so good. Like but, the little guitars know, in the background, just going just like adding a little yeah. rhythm. Like it's just so tasteful. It's so tasteful. Or, um, there's a little there's a little climb into the chorus. That's like it's like a piano climb. Da, 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 oh, I love that. Da, 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 da. I just noticed that like today. Yeah. So, so anyways, yeah, moving now is my number two spot. Um, phenomenal song. Phenomenal. Great song. Phenomenal writing uh phenomenal everything um the stranger the title, uh, title track yes love this song oh my gosh the stranger the stranger's great oh cole would you like to start us off yeah sure um so the stranger is really unique and i think the stranger is totally with its incredible introduction and in coda 
as we all that famous introduction coda it really is like a sign of what was to come on the following album on 52nd street you know i mean that's the thing about billy joel is he really draws from myriad influences musically in different styles i mean there's been times in his career where he's literally taken a beethoven melody and turned into a pop song and then there's been times in his career where he's been inspired Quite by literally literally yeah on the song this night but like and then there's like literally times in his career where he's taking from um from even like Spanish rhythms. And then there's also like jazz elements. And this is really kind of his, as such an ode to jazz in a way in the intro at the very least, at the intro at the very least. And like, man, what a stunning melody. Just what a melody that is. I mean, like, it's just so, the mood it invokes is just incredible. And the little story about that famous melody with the whistle part, this is one of the many times that Phil Ramone was a genius and decided to inspire something. So apparently when they were laying down the demo of it or whatever, uh, Billy was whistling it and then he was like, okay, well, we're gonna find, we gotta find an instrument for that whistling part. But Phil was like, no, 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 we were just gonna have you whistle. That's perfect, that's, that's the sound. And he knew, and Phil Ramone knew that. And that's just amazing to me. But then for the middle of the song, it's like I love the middle of the it, song. It's it's so it's so unique for Billy because it's a I mean it's a biting groove, but it's really funky. I mean this is one you really I mean this album holds up well, but like there's a lot of times where like I'll be like this is such a late seventies thing, right? This could only have this groove is like so emblematic of the late seventies, and I and I mean that in a good way. Like I love that you know, absolutely. It, it just yeah. freaking grooves, man. I I oh, love it. You know. No, I agree. I um I love just like the bass not just like like the bass line the tone of the bass oh man the bass is incredible the bass is it's oh, right in the pocket it's right. great yeah. you know i love um just the electric guitar work on this song again yeah. the melody it's playing the tone it's playing it's this very yeah it's got a <laughs> it's a very great, good song the, uh, the chorus has a great uh chromatic climb down effect which uh, um, i love that as you well, as you know, is with working with me is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and um, so I, I appreciate it. And uh, it's just, ah, oh, it's just, it's a phenomenal song. The, the only thing is, the only thing is I don't, I mean, here's the thing is like, like I've said, everything on this album is so strong, but I just, sometimes I don't connect with this song. I don't know what it is, but. Oh, that's I mean, sad. <laughs> but like, I mean, I mean, it's a great, it's a great song talking about, uh, you know, your identity with, someone else and how you could change around different people i mean it's just a, such a neat concept and yeah also you've been talking to... about how sometimes like you might not even like recognize like your actions you know absolutely but yeah like you know especially like i don't know there's a lot of moments in my life that i always connect back to billy joel and there's a lot of things that like i realize are like self-connections and like things that i realized man you got to fix that i kind of had a i kind of had a incident with myself similar to the stranger and I realized I was acting different around different groups. And I was like, wow, that's that's weird. Be true to yourself. And this is, this is just one of the many examples where Billy Joel has kind of revolutionized the way. I think yeah, so. I love the lyric, too. I really do like the lyric as well. And just one more thing, going back to the music, you were talking about the chorus before. You know, like this is like a song of contrasts, which I think is so dynamic for the narrative it's telling from the from like this interlude from this. I'm sorry, from this intro. But then what I love about like is like I love the darkness that the verses have but then that chorus is so bright when it modulates yeah i love and then i love like going back to the detail the little triangle added it's like all of a sudden it's almost like slightly more romantic and it's almost like just more reflective in a way and then it just cuts back into the verse i just love that transition like i mean it's just such a strong hook the chords are 
awesome on the mm -hmm. chorus. Love those chords. You know, it's just really good. And then the little prize at the end is always really nice. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I think that that part specifically really ties it together really, really well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's like bookends. Yes, exactly. Very, yeah. very much so. It's except, you know, not some album do it for the whole album. The song yeah. does. Well, it does actually later on it does we'll get to that though we'll get to that we'll get to that <laughs> you guys uh you guys would be happy to know that i rank this higher than moving out wow really number oh, four man. it's funny i ranked this right below moving out this is my number three really oh, man yeah. top three man Liam, did you rank it the same as moving out that's the only no. way to to make this right uh, <laughs> <laughs> number eight. Ooh, whoa, that's a hot take, right? Number there. eight. Well, I got sorry. some. Sorry, I have some hot takes coming later too, so it's okay. That's, I'm really <laughs> sorry. Just... I was uh, I was really talking to Cole earlier about my ranking, and I said that, um, I said uh, my my number three choice, and he went, "Really? That's a hot take." So, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. We'll get there. You, you got, got some hot so. takes coming down the pipeline. It's like yeah. it's like a like a clickbait. Like you won't believe what number three is. <laughs> uh, number three will shock you. Number three will shock you. So, Speaking of okay. number three, number three, the album, just the, the way you are. Just the uh, way you are. Hey, give us some uh, give us some input on just the way you are. All right. I I like just the way you are. You know, I'm a sucker for a good love song. You know, it's got a really really great groove, which I love. I love the saxophone. I like that the saxophone is used sparingly, though. I think it kind of makes it like a little bit of a treat, you know, like, ooh, more I saxophone. You know, the, um, the keyboards in the background during the chorus is really, really cool. I like the song a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, um, sorry, you go, go first. first or, oh, okay, sure. You go first. Go first. Um, Just the Way You Are is, uh, is a song that I always thought was like the, the absolute our ballad like this is the best love one of the best love songs i've ever heard and that's changed but it's still a great love song um but uh but yeah no uh the thing the thing about this song in particular is the way that he makes the chords work and just something about billy joel's music in in general is just how how much of it is just pocket and it just mm -hmm. kind of goes to show that pocket works so so well yeah so many things like you, you like you know liberty de is not really doing anything crazy it's so lyrical though it's just, and yeah. it's like that is that is so easy but well, like when you got that groove you got that groove exactly and it's like that is just so perfect in so many ways and you know his whole band was able to adapt to his music and play pocket but still be incredibly impressive in their playing yeah, I mean, and it works for Billy, especially because, you know, that's the thing about Billy is be, being him being the total package is because the guy can rock. I mean, we just heard it on The Stranger. I mean, he can rock. And especially later on on albums like Glass Houses, especially you really hear him rock. Oh, but like even later what, on on this album. Yeah, you, know, you, you right? really hear him rock. on like. Well, what I was going to say, time. though, is that he rocks, oh, but like and his band is as powerful as in the in that pocket. But at the same time. They have such an incredible sensitivity to his different styles where they can 
mold set like Liam was talking about. But yeah, my thoughts on Just The Way You Are is we all like the song here. I think that's the consensus. I definitely probably like it the most, I would assume, in my ranking if I'm probably. talking about it. Like, I, I definitely, I'm, I don't know, I'm a sucker for the song. It's always meant a lot to me. It's just an incredible progression. It flows amazingly. Everything about the song flows. But there's something so beautiful about this song. There's just something profoundly it's pure. Like I, I can understand why some people might not love it. Just maybe it's a little cheesy for people, but like there's just something so beautiful I mean, about it. And to me, like there's things about the song that like really resonate with me, like from a production standpoint, like just the little voices in the background, like I don't know why it reminds me a little bit of, but like the way the voices, the backing vocals creep in, it reminds me a little bit of I'm not in love by 10 CC kind of, I mean, obviously, yes. Yes. yes, I'm not in love is obviously like a thousand voices. It's, it's a totally different thing, but like just the, it's the same vibe people, though. It almost sounds like the voices are like a synth pad coming in. It's just, it's little yeah. nuances yeah, like you're that. Right about that. See, the yeah. thing, the thing about just the way you are is that it is just such, I mean, you're right. It is cheesy, but at the same time, you know, I say this a lot about George Harrison's music too, is that it is so honest and so true and pure. And it's like, you know, it, it could very well be one of the most perfect love songs because it's like, it's like, you know, just don't change yourself. Just be you. Like, that's just yeah. the way I want. Well, what's interesting, very flattering. So. Right. And what's interesting is like he thought he himself actually was doubting the song when he first wrote it because of the cheesiness factor, per se. He wrote it for his wife. But like what happened was, is he was um, <laughs> uh, he was. Uh, it ended. That's what you're trying to say. Oh, no, no, no. That's another story. That's another story. No, no, no. What happened? It ended was like a year after this song came out. <laughs> no. He was in the studio playing. Yeah. He was in the studio playing it. And uh, he was kind of like saying, I don't know if I want to put this on the album, but like Phil Ramone and the others were like, this is so good. You have to. So he winded up bringing in um, Linda Ronstadt and Phoebe Snow were around, I guess, because that's just the music world at the time two giant incredible singers come into the studio he plays them just the way we are and they were like no no no, you gotta put this on this is so amazing so once you get linda ronstadt saying you should put just the way you are on the album you should put just the way you are on the album so thank god for them right i mean but yeah great song great song all around yeah kind of reminds me of um pearl jam with their third album vitology eddie vetter didn't want to put the song better man on the album Better Man was probably the biggest hit from the album and one of Pearl Jam's most famous songs. But when Eddie wrote it, and it's probably one of the best songs he's ever written, uh, it's about like an abusive relationship. He wrote it and he showed it to the band and they had to like kind of learn all the parts and he didn't want to put it on the album. He really, he wanted to just wow. sell it up to someone else. And everyone was saying, everybody was saying, no, this needs to go on there. So it, it's crazy that you know, sometimes the writers will doubt a song and it ends up being one of their best. Happens all exactly. the time. Happens all the time. Um, Ratings for Just The Way You Are, boys. Ratings number for Just three. The Way You Are? Number six. Number five. Oh, my bad. Number four. I said number three by accident. Number four. Okay, yeah. we, were all, we were all pretty ballpark. Yeah. Though. We were all pretty close. And so. what's great about having, you know, more than just the two of us, Liam, is that we finally have, like, different ratings now exactly right. which is it's really 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 cool um but yeah no uh, last thing i want to say about just the way you are is um uh it's a it's a fender roads with a Wurlitzer effect on it and it's yeah. uh, it's one of the greatest sounds combining two of the most iconic keyboards of the 70s into one sound it's amazing absolutely yeah it's amazing yeah okay um 
He's from an Italian restaurant. I just want to say, right off the bat, I just want to say right off the bat, this could be the best Billy Joel song of all time. Can't, can't go wrong with it. I can't, can't. I can't give an opinion on that because I don't know if I have Billy Joel's music. That's fair. I I truly think that there is not a better Billy Joel song than "Scenes from an Italian Restaurant." I mean, just just take, just take any of it. Just take the form. It is so incredible and epic, and it's so creative. Incredibly creative, and it's so thoughtful in the way that each phrase is thought is thought out and whatnot. It's just like. I, I don't know. It, it literally, if you ask me, like this song puts like Piano Man to shame or like any of his yeah. other hits. This is the best song by Billy Joel. You know why? Because it's it's another happy accident too, right? Just like a lot of the things on this album where there was a great spontaneous energy in creating things. You know, this song was not written as one full song. It was written as four, sorry, not four, three separate songs. And yeah. and it was Phil Ramon's idea to say, well, let's let's put them all together. And like, if these songs were separated, I don't think it would have had as strong of an effect, to be honest, even though all the sections are great. I'm not taking down from the sections, but like, it's the unity, it's the, it's the cohesion of all these different vignettes, but all serving like a all very different scene. Ah, uh, there, right. there you go. But also like, it's from an honest place of Billy's life. You know, it's, it's super Long Island. This, this song is incredibly. Yeah. But like, um, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a great story and like it just musically it's just it's so dynamic you know i mean the different it's yeah. just great man you know, phil ramon's back must hurt must from carrying this entire album yeah right <laughs> no but like here's the that thing about cool. scenes um i mean just for those who don't uh know or understand the story i mean the way i see it is uh i mean just you know talking about the restaurant right and then it seems like there's like two friends right and they talk about past in high school like two high school friends they talk about high school and they talk about you know their high school heroes they're the popular kids in high school right brenda and eddie and yeah. um you know it, the song is basically about how people kind of peak too high essentially like that's their story is that they peaked in high school and then declined so so fast mm. and you know yeah. that was you know that that's basically the story but i mean just you know i don't know the the Oh my gosh, I don't even know. It's just it's such a great song. And uh, you know, I, I think it's it's either a major three or an inversion. I don't know, because you know, my piano playing is not wonderful, but uh but basically, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just like the solo section when the saxophone comes in and Billy's doing oh, yeah. the glissandos on the piano, and it's just so so good. Yeah, yeah I would I really oh sorry, Hayden, you go first, Hayden. Okay, I was gonna say I really, really like it. Um, not even from like a writing standpoint, because of course the writing on this is great, but I think the best part about this song is the instrumentation. You know, you got piano, bass, guitar, drums, but then accordion, sax, tuba. Yeah, like like you really you can't go wrong. You know, I also yeah. just love just with the singing that like his voice kind of slightly changes a little bit when he switches characters. I genius, genius. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, oh. I totally, I, yeah. I mean, like I going back to the instrumentation thing. Yeah. This song is so thoughtfully arranged. Um, I mean, like it is just like, I mean, it's such a beautiful beginning, but like to me, 
going back to Liam saying that this might be the best Billy Joel song in his entire catalog. To me, honestly, what might be my favorite musical moment in a Billy Joel song is the saxophone solo in uh, the first part. And when the strings come in, like that is like, oh my gosh, that is so, I literally have chills every single time I listen to that part. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, and just like the way it just grows, it's so beautiful. And then when the strings come back and then like how unexpected, like, let me ask you the first time you listened to this all the way through after going through the Ballad of Brenda well, and part, did you expect those strings to come in like that? I listen, man, I was, listen, I mean, just everything about this song, front to back, I was blown away first time I listened to it. I mean, this was like a, this was a life-changing song. Like, this changed so much for me. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but then the, I mean, the strings, when the strings come in, yeah, I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. I mean, I, I didn't expect there to be a reprise at the end, you know, let alone the strings. You know, I mean, it, you know, I don't know. I mean, just. Yeah, and just also, you know, especially Doug Stagmeyer, he really shines on this song more than anyone else. Couldn't agree playing. more. And totally agree. Yeah. Um, you know, just his bass playing, the way he plays, and the way he articulates everything is just so, so good. But, but yeah, you know, scenes as it is the best Billy Joel song. It's and top tier. Or it gets my number one spot on this. Album. It gets my, number, my number one, one spot. One. We all got yeah. number one. Yeah, number, all got number all right. one. Nice. Very nice. Look at that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't like what else would have been number one? Literally, nothing else could have been number one. It's um, it's uh, Vienna. Okay, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Vienna. is a great song. <laughs> Vienna is a very, very good side two opener. Scenes is a very, very great side one closer. Yeah, you know. scenes is a. Scenes could be a side one opener. It could be a side whatever closer. It's a great concert yeah. opener and closer. Um, but um, you know, let's talk about Vienna because I know Cole is very passionate about. Oh, Vienna. oh, Cole loves Vienna. Cole, Did I start Vienna, with this one? I guess Vienna is his By favorite means, song on this album. I, he lied I when he said Scenes is number one. Vienna is number one. Nope, no, no, no. <laughs> so they're making fun of me for context for the viewers. You can't just like, you got to let the viewers on this. I mean, like I, yeah, honestly, I hate the song. I don't know what it is. It just bothers me. I, like, understand. I have very sharp opinions about certain songs. <laughs> this only happens occasionally. Sometimes a song will come on and I just don't. And here's the thing. I'm a very analytical person. I'm a theoretical person and I love giving things a chance. I listened to it today and I listened to it and I actually enjoyed the song. Like I enjoy it for what it's worth, but in an album filled of masterpieces, this is just not it. And like, this is why to me, like there's nothing horrible about it. There's nothing even egregious about Vienna. It's, it's, it's actually a very pleasant song. In fact, it's, it's a really, it's a, you know, it's, it's a great melody. The instrumentation's great on it. But, um, you know, it's, um, I think to me, I personally just don't connect with just like, I don't know, it's like the chord progression I'm not as into. I, I can't even describe it. Like, I don't know if slinky is the right word, just like the whole verse progression, just the way it kind of meanders around. It's not that it's like awful. It's just, I don't think it meanders and, at all. I think also that, like, and like, I get I why there's not a, I get why there's not a middle section on the song, but it's almost like to me, the music is not be. strong enough to repeat over and over again. The middle section there's a little bridge solo section on the accordion oh there is right it's it's so brief like it's it's I, that's the thing like i don't even think it. It, it doesn't even need anything else that's the great thing about vienna 
Um, and you know, the, the thing of the thing, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just a great pop song. I guess I gotta be honest. I guess part of me not liking this is a reaction against like the cult following the song now has. I mean, you know, this song wasn't. I yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I mean, I yeah. People see that. like if if Billy Joel like Billy Joel has mentioned in like interviews, like you know, he asked the audience, "Would you rather me play just the way you are or Vienna?" Everyone says Vienna. Yeah. So you know, I I mean, I know the song has like a big cult following and whatnot, but like to me, that doesn't really matter as much. I mean, it's just. To me, it's just like it's not it's not because it has a call following that it could be a not as good song. It's just that the song is a good song. And yeah, I would choose it any day over just the way you are. I would I would choose it any day. I 100 percent disagree. I thousand percent disagree with that. No, it's, I would okay, choose okay. It over most songs. Here's, off the here's what I'm actually going to say something in support of why. From an objective standpoint, I could see why someone would choose Vienna over Just The Way You Are. This album holds up well for me, but I will say this. The production, and by the way, if if you hear laughter over the mics. <laughs> I've, been, I've been laughing at the tube playing in the background. <laughs> okay, for the listeners, I'm I'm in a practice room at the Crane School of Music right now. And for those listening, there is a tuba player right next to me. And so if you hear tuba playing. Tuba not, players do great, though. The tuba player is not job. playing anything off of Billy Joel. Yeah, we love the tuba player, but they're not playing anything off of The Stranger. <laughs> if, if you're wondering, you know, they're not part of the. They're not part of it. But again, we're gonna get charged for copyright, guys. <laughs> no, no, please. So, all right. Anyway, let me say something now. Okay. So the thing about oh, no, Vienna, don't come for me. The, the enough enough tuba talk. The thing about Vienna. <laughs> tuba talk. The thing about Vienna in relationship to um, just the way you are is is aesthetically in the production of Vienna I think is overall slightly more modern in a way if that makes sense like I think just the way you are it does it is kind of trapped in that late 70s flavor which I love it is. I guess I'm yeah. more of a, I guess I'm it, more of a traditional it sounds that. like a 70s song but Vienna well, does the, the thing about Vienna is that it could have been the thing that's so great about Vienna and maybe maybe you could even it's timeless we call it ahead of its time even at this point it sounds yeah. like it was it could have been written in the last 10 years yeah I and I totally, and that's what I like about it. Like, look, like I, I think it's just a personal gripe I have of it because, like, I feel like I can't personally connect with it as much, it's and in relationship to how much of a cult following it has. But like, that's, I'm not the only one who doesn't fair. like the song. My, my Billy Joel friend, who's like my best friend, he also hates the song, which is kind of funny that we're the only, we're the two against the rest of the world. But you know what? Two Billy has said, universe. Billy has said in interviews that this is actually one of his like favorite songs of all time. This and scenes are one it's of his great, favorite songs. It's a great as song. it should. Yeah. Um, the thing, it's amazing. The thing about, the thing about I, I Vienna know, is it's that just, I mean, also just like talk about like his vocal lines and whatnot, right? It well, is yeah. great. It is. They're all good. They are. Yeah. He sounds it amazing. It grows. It grows so well. And then it comes back, you know? It's like, it's That's overwhelming. About it. And then, oh, you know, just like, just like the great thing is like, when will you? And then Vienna wait for you. It's like, oh man, it's so heart swelling and so phenomenal. I, I don't know about heart swelling. That's a that's good. A, it is. I feel I feel great every time I listen. I feel to like that. I, I feel it every feel, time I listen to it. <laughs> I don't feel great every time I listen to just the way you are. I'm just saying. Well, you know what, Liam? Vienna gives me that special little feeling. Yeah. You know what? Even though you hate, even though you hate, uh, not you don't. Sorry, you you don't hate just the way. Even though you don't like just the way you are as much as Vienna, I like you just the way you are. Oh, and I like sweet. you just the way you Vienna. 
Nice. Uh, good one. <laughs> Thank good you. One. Really or funny. Number two. Ready for this? This is my spite vote, but Vienna is putting my it last? worst ranked song on the album. In, a, in an album filled with masterpieces, guys. We're, okay, when you think of Iconic and Billy Joel, do you think of Vienna? No, you think of scenes. You think yes, of, think yes you do. But you do think of Vienna. I also here's the thing is that if I think of Billy Joel, I also don't think of The Stranger because my favorite album is not The Stranger. But it's not on um, Curtain, right? Not on Curtain's my like favorite album. Too, but yeah. But nevertheless, nevertheless, when I think of masterpiece, Vienna is up there. It is a pop masterpiece. Oh, yeah. It's right, well, it's, it's awesome. to disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair it's number three on my list. I respect it. Number I respect it. I'm, I'm telling you. Like, I respect it. It's just a personal gr- I don't know what Here's it is. The thing, I wish is that... I could tell you. I wish I could give you a more concrete argument of why I don't like it, but there's something about it that just doesn't work for me. I don't know. But... All right. I mean, when we get to my least favorite, you'll probably yell at me too. So, okay. uh, anyways, anyways, let's let's go on to um, Only, the good, die only the good Die Young. I like Only the Good Die Young. I have a lot of good memories linked with only the good die young um senior year of high school it was the one year i did marching band wish i had started earlier but that's a whole separate conversation uh we did a billy joel set and included in that set was we didn't start the fire my life miami 2017 just the way you are and only the good die young so when i listen to this song i can just kind of still like you know see myself kind of on like you know, the edge of the field with my mellophone up just kind of going side to side. It was really fun. But that's kind of overall how I feel the song. You know, it's just, it's really, really fun. The is energy fun is song. great. It's up there. It's The energy is fantastic great. on the song. I mean, for me, like the song is lower ranked because it's not, it doesn't like, I don't know, it doesn't emotionally strike a core like the other songs do in the album. However, I will say though. You gotta really, have fun though. What it's it's so much fun. And like the vocals great, and there's it, you know, it's just a great energy and it's a cl- it's a great melody, and just the way like he builds up to that chorus, you get so excited for it. Like it's just such a great yeah. build up, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I mean also I mean just the uh the intro drum <laughs> phenomenal i do love the drums um, on that yeah the horns sound great it's a little shuffle but it's also kind of like a like a like a syncopated shuffle feel which is also really really cool um something else i wanted to say is uh, i mean whenever he does this live i mean the energy is it's just there every single time. it is i know this song and, does not disappoint yeah and that, that's yeah. the thing is like you know is although it's not like you know although it's not as beautiful or not as epic as maybe something like scenes from an italian restaurant it is still a great rock song and you know like we were saying earlier like he he rocks on this song he plays yeah. phenomenally and so does the rest of the band for that matter um but uh i i will say the um I don't know. It's just it. I mean, just you know, it talks about uh, talked about the Catholic girls and uh, Catholic <laughs> girls, <laughs> and uh, how they uh, start much too late. You can fill in the blanks. Uh, <laughs> ah, thank, <laughs> thank you, Billy. Very cool. <laughs> I think I think there was a there was a girl he knew named Virginia though. I think I remember him saying that like an interview, like you know, yes. there was a girl named Virginia. And she did start much too late. That's the thing is that his <laughs> lyrics were very, 
because very the lyrics were very like literal there was no like deep meaning like especially in a song like piano man yeah like you know they're very literal incredibly you know there was a girl and she was practicing politics and <laughs> waitress yeah. and you know so another funny story about this song is actually what's interesting is this song another again another example of just a song that started off in a slightly different feel but this time this song was actually apparently slightly slower and believe it or not, it had more of a reggae feel to it originally. Huh. Really? I, I was reading about this on his Wikipedia that would page be today. Awesome. But I like wish I could release some of these demos, because that'd be like kind of phenomenal. Apparently he was like singing in like a Jamaican accent on some of the songs, which of course would not fly today. No. But anyway, point is is funny story. Not only the good die young in reggae though. This will be really awesome. be this would be this is this this is really funny for the Long Island people, but what happened was is uh Liberty again yelled at Billy and was like Dude, you know, like, why are you singing with a Jamaica Jamaican accent? The closest you've ever been to Jamaica was on the Long Island Railroad. And if you're from Long Island, you'll understand exactly where Jamaica, New York is. Yes, but that's true. Funny. The next stop is Jamaica. The next, next stop, stop is Jamaica. <laughs> this is the train to Penn Station. <laughs> I think it passes through Jamaica. I'm pretty sure. It does. Yeah. yeah man. Have to be from Long Island to know that. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Liam. <laughs> Sorry, Liam. Liam wouldn't understand that because he doesn't know geography. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Some of the people I know from Long Island don't know geography, so it's all good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> so um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, this. Uh, I wish there was more to say about the song, but it is. Uh, there's really not too much to say about it, is there? Um, unless you guys have something else to say, and I'm just totally wrong. I got something to say. It's number what seven. Are you gonna say? I, it's number seven. This thing I have to say. Number six for me. It's number seven for me. Okay. I guess That's I'm just better cool. than you, Liam. I guess great minds think alike. Wow. Yep. You know what? I, I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. I just follow. <laughs> it's fine. She's always a woman. And oh, this is a great yes. song. Love, love, love this song so much. This yes. song is very controversial because just recently it has been deemed misogynistic. Really? Yeah. I actually didn't hear about that. In the last, like, in the, I, well, I guess it's recent in terms of history, but, you know, it, in the last, like, three years, it's been deemed misogynistic. Or maybe even before that. But all I know is I've read it in the last three years that it was considered misogynistic. Um, I, that. I can't. I also heard about that. To, I really can't seem to figure out why. Uh, because the song is like, the song is, you know, talking about your, you know, the the man's woman. You know, he's singing from the man's perspective because, well, he's a man. So, uh, so you know, he um, when he, when he sings about this girl, you know, it's like, yeah, she does this and this and this. She does this and this and this. Right? We all have complaints at some point, but you know, she's still, you know, someone that I love. She's still a woman. Yeah. She's still someone. I think the writing man. on the song is is great you know common theme i'm I, so sorry for cutting you off liam i thought dude, you were done please, you're fine you're fine <laughs> i'm, I'm so sorry done. you're okay uh, man now i feel like crap now uh yeah <laughs> no i was just gonna say i like the writing i like the 12 8 feel i like the harmonies and the humming that's it i'm yeah. sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean i mean i, I don't know i mean yeah that, that's that's something that's really great about this song, but also just the way he sings it. And there's something that um just the way he are, just the way he are, and just the way, just the way he sings it. But like on the part where it's like the oh, he takes she takes care of the yes. There's a little there's a counter harmony go or counter melody going on with um 
an instrument that I still can't um figure out. But oh crap! It's like it's like something. a flute. Uh, yeah, no, something like that. Or oh, it's a clarinet. It's a clarinet, I think. Soprano sax. I yeah, soprano I, sax. Honestly, some, I haven't ever listened one. close enough for that part because, like, I'm so caught up in the lyrics in that part and just kind of. Oh, like, I know. You know, it's interesting. This is totally lyric writing 101, like his rhyme schemes and everything. It's just incredible. But you know what's amazing about this song is it's so there's a tenderness about it, but he picks you up and then there's a resolve, like you know, just the way the chords he chooses to like resolve on and then when he's moving and when he's moving the phrase the, the it's constantly building his billy joel is musically so intelligent because he can be so accessible and write such a catchy thing but he's got he is a craftsman musically and that's why his last album was piano music for it was classical music his last thing because he has that ability and he's incredibly impressive of it. And you know, what's interesting about this song actually is also what I was looking up is that I just learned this today actually, is when he was writing this, he was kind of trying to write a song in the perspective of like a song that Gordon Lightfoot would sing. And if you know Gordon Lightfoot, you might have the same epiphany that I did where I was like, wow, you could totally hear Gordon Lightfoot singing this because just like, just like that kind of storytelling, like waltz feel and the, the whole rhythmic phrasing is so Gordon Lightfoot. It's just, so, and yeah, it's just, you know, really unique song, and not a lot of songs like that of his catalog, of Joel's catalog, but yeah. Well, the song is also incredibly classical. I mean, you know, even just, oh, it's a bum, 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 bum. It's a, I don't know what the sequence. That's the sequence. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, I learned just, something in theory three. Okay, didn't learn I learned much, but nothing I learned in something. history too. So. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a very classical pop song, and you know, he is especially takes a lot from classical music as he is a uh, listener of classical music, and it's one of his main influences. So, yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, like, let's just talk about also just the guitar and the piano combination right there. Just perfect. <laughs> like, it's just so awesome. I, I love that on that song. Oh yeah, you're right about that. But I mean, yeah, yeah this song is beautiful, great. Beautiful pop song. Where would you put it? Where would I put it? Really high. Where would I put it? Where would you put it, Hayden? This is really this is a really hard thing to do. Cause I think this song is great. Yeah. This is really, really hard for me. You've been like number seven or something. It's, it's number nine. It's number nine. Oh, are you kidding me? Wow. I'm sorry. Oh I'm sorry. God. I really like the song, but I also really, really ah. like the other songs. That's okay. That's okay. I'm cool. So I have this at five, but like I feel like this and just the way you are are kind of tied for me. Like it's yeah. what mood I'm in, you know. Yeah, this is number four for me. I like this song better than I like just the way you are. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and like cool. honestly, thinking about it more, I also like it more than just the way you are. But like then I don't have to change around all my rankings. <laughs> I don't know. My <laughs> rankings know. are like monopoly money. It's not real. Wow. <laughs> don't go by me. He Man. just demolished his credibility. Cole and I I'm sorry. spent meticulous hours crafting I spent meticulous. Really hey, hey, I spent a very, very meticulous 42 minutes and 33 seconds crafting this ranking. Oh, that's the link to the album. Very funny. Ah, okay. ha, you explained uh, the joke. Very funny. How clever. <laughs> Okay, well, the next, next song, uh, which is song, is a song that I often forget about, is on this album. 
but well, it's I amazing. really like this song. I love I this love song. This song but I underrated, love this song. Underrated so song. The problem about this album is that the entire back half, for me especially, gets way overshadowed by the front half. So I agree, but the front half is a lot better, so that's just my opinion. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, you know. So like about about Vienna. Vienna's in the back half. It might as well be on the front half. <laughs> might as yeah. well be on the back half because Vienna's the worst song in the album. <laughs> You're the worst. Anyways, uh, get it right the first time. I love song i really like it i love you know the drum groove and then the guitar comes in and then the flute comes in oh, and i'm flute. like all right yeah right? i'm sold i'm sold it's a it's an it absolute is... like rock powerhouse the tropical Absolutely. flavor this of song. the song the tropical flavor of the song really makes me think that this is just like a rockish a more rocking like precursor to rosalinda's eyes which is to come on 52nd street i mean but like the, the, i love the tropical flavor of this now i remember listening to this as a kid and being like why wasn't this a hit but like i now i kind of understand i guess why it wasn't a hit compared to the other songs but you know i mean there's something really cool i mean the melody is really unusual with the guitar riff and it's kind of like there's something kind of jaunty about it but then when the chords come in more fully right before the chorus and that walk down is just epic like just mm -hmm. like the it's another classic example of like the build and then the build and then the the like it kind of comes back into the groove and uh just that riff in between the choruses the la 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 part is is also just you know it's just a really warm and fun song but it also just like the color of it is it's just it's just really there's something kind of beautiful about it i mean like billy joel's a great example of like you can groove hard you can rock hard but you can also be beautiful while doing it you know and yeah, I, I, I know that kind of stuff you know uh something else um this whole album intro i think i don't think he does it on um on turnstiles but this is this is the album that has that iconic billy joel whoa on almost every song oh my god on all of the songs there's like a whole compilation yeah. on youtube i think of just him going whoa it's whoa, whoa. <laughs> and it's on this song too and i think it actually works the best here than on any other song on this album personally uh it just uh, just just the way I don't know it, it kind of feels a little overused throughout the entire album but right here it just feels like this this was the one that was meant to happen so, um, yeah. I, I wish I knew more about this song um I don't um but you know it talks about it, you know just like getting it right the first time and definitely not the next time because you know the first time is the only time you get it right so yeah you know first impression you got to make it good exactly Vienna made a really bad first impression for me and that's that's it it's it's over I'm kidding. That was a horrible joke. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you didn't get it right the first time. Oh, oh <laughs> but Billy Joel definitely did. He we're got gonna it get, right. We're gonna, we're gonna get into a fist fight after this. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> yeah, meet me in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> so remember, I was saying earlier um, about my hot take and how it was Re oh, coming up, and really? how number three will shock you. Really? Hey guys. Ask me what my number three is. Hey, Hayden, what's your number three, man? Hey, what is oh, it? Oh, well, I'm, I'm uh, happy that you asked. This is my number three. This is your number three. I really like this song, yeah. yeah is, but of course, that... as we as we just recently realized, my credibility is out the window. So, I mean, right, of I course. Mean, yeah, the thing is that this song, like, that's actually quite surprising to hear because this song, I would never expect anyone want to give it a number three but i'm glad you did because it's a, i like um, it a lot too. i'm happy this about song this song it's also it's 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 up my alley though you know i like more kind of rock and stuff like this yeah this is my number seven this was my number six not too far off 
I wish this was further up in the list, but like, you know, I mean, there's too many great songs to contend with. It's hard. That's the thing. The thing about this album is that this is actually like, although it's one of my favorite Billy Joel albums, uh, you know, I usually get past um, Only the Good Die Young. I get through the hits, right? And by the time I get to the last three songs, I listen to She's Always a Woman. I kind of listened to get it right the first time. Uh, I still and then feel guilty that she's always a woman. Yeah, man, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do about that. We recorded it; it's out there now. The I internet know. never lets anything go away. I know. Ten years from now, you're. I'm uh, trying to get a job. My employer is gonna see the floor. Aiden, no. you have nothing to worry about. They're gonna come after me for Vienna, so it's okay. That's true. So it That's doesn't right. look nearly as okay, bad. Okay, but for people listening, by the way, there's a song called Vienna by Ultravox. I think that's a better song, and I love that song. Ultravox was actually produced by George Martin, by the way, but that's a tangent. My bad. <laughs> Classic tangent. Classic cold tangent. Love you. Anyways. Anyways, uh, let's talk about let's talk about the last song on this album. And let me, just, let me just get it out of the way. This is also my number nine. Out of nine. I like this song. I like every song on this album, but it, this something has to be number nine, and it sadly had to be this one. Okay, so you can come at me for that same exact explanation for "She's Always a Woman." But the difference is she she's always a woman's a better song. <laughs> I agree. With, I have to agree with Liam on this. I think everybody has a dream is a really great song, and like, it's just again, it's in a, it's a it's a song in a sea of amazing songs in this album, and like the gospel thing is amazing. Also, Linda Ronstadt's on backing vocals for this, and I think uh, Patty Austin's also on backing vocals for this. Two amazing singers. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good great, though. It's a great gospel thing. It's a, it's a really it's it's really awesome it's it's not as musically sophisticated as the other songs but like it's you know i mean like it's it's and it's a nice way i think it's an appropriate way to close the album for sure like i think absolutely no other song that would have closed this album but it's just i don't know i think i don't know i also although it is the only song that he could have done to close the album i don't think any other song on the south would have been none to close it um i don't know it just is it's very out of character for him uh, and granted, good for him for branching out. Um, but this song just doesn't sound like a Billy Joel song. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sure. like I don't know. First time I listened to this, I was like, really, really, Billy Joel wrote this? You know, it's like it's like you know, when you think of Billy Joel, you think of scenes, you think of just rock and roll to me, or still rock and roll to me. You think you, you think, think of Vienna, Vienna, Piano Man. You don't think of everybody <laughs> has a dream. You know, no, everybody has a, it's it's really good though. You know, I love it's a great um, song. I love the harmonies like on the chorus. Yeah, the you know, the piano playing is great, but you know, that's you know, no shit, Sherlock. Of course, the piano is great. Well, I yeah. think it builds really, really well. And I also wasn't expecting a little reprise of the stranger at the end. Of the stranger at the end. There's something it's else classic. About this, song. this is definitely one of Billy's best vocal performances on this album. The way he sings this and the amount of soul and energy that he puts into this track is just, it's sometimes overwhelming and just makes you feel, especially like there's been a lot of times I've played this album in the car and blasted it and just the overwhelming sensation. I don't know. feels great. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, especially, I think what's interesting going back off of what Liam was talking about, about like how this feels different for Billy Joel thing. I think really where that comes from is because he's working with him the more gospel-like medium, that means that the song has to be structurally more simple 
to allow him to kind of uh, feel the soul of the, the narrative more. And um, uh, Liam, if for the people listening, Liam's also mimicking the tuba right now. If you're not watching on YouTube, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, well, maybe maybe if, if tuba was on Everybody Has a Dream, I think it would have been a, a smash hit. To, to be honest, if there was a tuba solo. But anyway, point is, is <laughs> on that song though. What I think is interesting is it's structurally more simple to allow just kind of there to be more space, and that's really cool and everything. But, you know, on an album filled with really cleverly crafted hooks, like kind of the the push and pull tension release effect like you get on like the chorus sections of moving out with the nobody with that, that part. And then and then also getting um, with the the feeling of she's always a woman and how it flows so well and how just the way you are flows so well. And it's so interesting and how only the good die young pumps you up. And then, you know, on an album filled with with such motion, what is the chorus if everybody has a dream? It's just everybody has a dream and it's just like it's great it's a good hook but it's not it's simple it's simple which isn't bad which isn't bad at all and it's a great song and liam's laughing at me because everyone's like oh cole only likes complicated stuff because you know what I'll, I'll let me say about the song it really does make you smile at the song because it's another pure, this is one of his, the, you know, this album does deal with some darker stuff, but it is a pure album for him. And I think yes, this song is a hallmark absolutely. of that. And I have nothing but mad respect for it. And I didn't rate it as the lowest because I think the song deserves more attention than a song like Vienna. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it deserves more attention than Vienna. I mean, not to say no. that it doesn't deserve Yeah, I, I might retract that statement, honestly. Because you, you might Vienna, want to retract that statement. <laughs> you know why? Because Vienna, at least Vienna has like such an interesting melody in the verse. You know, like the melody, it's I mean, melodically I mean, this, has a, this has an interesting melody in the verse as well. It just doesn't have a very interesting melody in the chorus, but at the same time, doesn't need it. You know, like, like we said, we're talking about this. No, this is need. a very gospel-driven song. And a lot of gospel does not have very atonal sounding, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's beautiful the it way it is. It doesn't, it's beautiful just the way it is. Ah, oh, back to that pun. Ah, that was, that was a terrible. Just the way he are. It's, it's beautiful just, just the way just it is. Just the way he are. The thing, as, as a songwriter myself, what I've noticed about songwriting is when something is good or maybe not as good as what it could be, most of the time, for the most part, you'll notice that like, well, if it's if you don't like it because it's simple or if you don't like it because it's missing something, mm -hmm. the solution is not necessarily to add something. Sometimes the song has to be the song itself and like it's just the life of its own. So, yeah, you know, that song isn't going to get any better by adding anything because it really is special the way it is. But it, I just find that interesting about songwriting, how that really works. It's like a lot of that's and that's the beautiful thing about art. You know, it's like unlike sciences or other like aspects of life is you don't add it's not like an ingredient in a recipe where it's like well this must be added for it to be better right you know and that's i think and that's something that billy joel doesn't often have a problem with in his writing because his writing is yeah. so you know i would say maybe his later stuff i have some grabs of but like his thought it's so thoughtful it's this period of his time you know it's like this is the height of his writing here kind of in a way so you know you don't find that problematic all the time but it's just when you yeah. have everybody has a dream stacked up against all the other songs in the stranger then you just start to question it you know yep exactly um i want to know what you guys rate this I, I rated this one uh, i rated this one number eight if i do yeah, number adjust, eight i would i would 
I would probably move it down if I had to readjust and kind yeah. of put she's always a woman above it. Because as we know, my credibility does not exist. Uh, but yeah. yeah vanished. Oh, sorry, excuse me. The only reason why this um the only right the only reason why this is uh beating title track is because I do not think it'll sound like a Billy Joel song. That is the only reason. <laughs> but I'm so um, surprised that you have the stranger so low, by the way, but I'll forgive you. Listen, it's it's just that I don't know. It doesn't connect with me as much as the other songs. You know what it is? It's just you know, the way that's how I feel about Vienna. It's the connection thing, yeah. Just be the way it Well, the difference is Vienna's object will be a better song than the Stranger, so yeah. All righty then. That's what it is. Okay, so um any last thoughts about the album before we sign off for I like this album. This is I I was actually talking to one of my friends about this the other day. Uh I don't know Billy Joel. Like we were in the car and she's like, play Billy Joel. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't have any Billy Joel saved on my phone. So this was uh, like kind of the first Billy Joel I really actually sat down and listened to. I really, really liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. I think, you know, the writing is great. Obviously, I think all the songs have pretty great chord progressions. You know, it's a solid album. I see why people like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I... I have a personal connection with it because it's been around in my childhood, but like, honestly, like in more recent years as my writing has developed and as I've actually become friends with some diehard Billy Joel people, it's kind of reignited my interest. And now, you know, most fans would usually acclaim that this is their favorite or 52nd street. And uh, I kind of go back and forth every day as far as to say what my favorite is. But honestly, sometimes I feel like objectively the stranger is just a more cohesive unit and I really Absolutely. think it's also, um, I just think it's just such a well-executed work. And it's it's kind of like, a, it's ironic, actually. So it's kind of like Thriller in the sense that like every song is almost incredibly well-known. Thriller is nine songs, by the way. And this is also nine songs. And this, that's like a magic number. Funny. So, you yeah. know, lucky number nine. And uh, this was a lucky album for him. And, um, you know, it, it gets enough attention. It's not like it needs more attention, but you know, I think being attentive to the things on this album that aren't so accessible or as popular, such as like Get It Right the first time we're talking about, and um, you know, really kind of learning about the production elements and really like, you know, yes, it's all Billy, but it's a magical chemistry between Phil Ramone and between the band members' chemistry, you know, and that rhythm section of Doug Stegmaier and Liberty DeVito. I mean, that energy. You know, you're not going to find that anywhere else. So, you know, it's yeah, Billy, but right. it's also the whole team he was working with was amazing. So, that's my final thoughts. Sorry, that was a lot, but okay. Um, my final thoughts are: I mean, this is just a phenomenal record. It's one of Billy's best. Uh, if you ask me, it's probably like his third best album. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, it's a phenomenal record. Every song on here could have been a hit and should have been a hit, but you know, sorry, only more than half the album became uh, singles, but yeah. <laughs> which is better than most albums out there. Um, but I mean, uh, just phenomenal record. This was my introduction to Billy Joel. Um, this was the first time I listened to, and like I said, when I did the childhood thing, you know, and I heard for the first time, I was like, oh, he wrote this, and then like it was like song after song, oh, he wrote this, like you know. And so, you know, this, this is just a phenomenal record. It had a lot of nostalgia for me. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. So that's my view on the album. Yeah. All right. Well, good album overall. So, yes. yeah. Billy Joel's The Stranger. 
Let us know what you think of it. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Were you somewhere in the middle? Is your credibility you better than mine? Let us know. You haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> listen to it. You're clearly living on a, a rock. Yeah. So, Absolutely. And thanks, um, Hayden and Liam, for having me on. This was a blast, and I hope I could be thank on. Thank you course. for joining us. Of Absolutely. course. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Always yeah. a pleasure. So, be sure to uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram at Musicians Talk Music Podcast. We are available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, which is a thing. That's and right. Anchor. I didn't think that was the thing. And uh, feel free to, uh, if you're on YouTube, please uh, please give us a little subscribe and ring the oh, bell. Oh, we're doing that now? We're doing dude, why that. not? We're little... shelling out. Dude, how is that selling out? We are Smash that just like get... button. Subscribe <laughs> for like quality button, content. Leave a comment. Ring the bell, you know, so you can get notifications. You know, if you do like you should leave a comment though, and actually genuinely let us know what you thought of the album. Yes, please do. That'd be great. We'd all love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us messages on Instagram, and uh, if you know us personally, here's a text. We like those too. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye.